about well we're going to talk about an extremely embarrassing thing that happened to me let's start the episode that way and we need to talk about what spotify wrapped is the entire situation with spotify wrapped and how it's ruined my mental health for the week um we need to talk about that so as you know every year spotify wrapped gives you like your top most listened to songs like your top five most listened to songs as well as your top five most listened to artists I have some disputes I want to make with Spotify, but we'll get to that later in the episode. But I want to talk to you guys about what I found for this year. And I want to talk to you about how embarrassed I was that I found these things. And I want to kind of explain my Spotify rap to you. If you didn't see it, I posted it to my story. Also, I want to say Spotify rap for podcasters. So I released, I think it said 33 episodes across 11 countries that listen to it. And I'm like, great, good job, Alex. We hit 11 countries. We also hit the charts at some point in South Africa. Did not know this. Did not know we had any South Africans listening. Hello. So now I've hit the charts in two countries, Jamaica and South Africa. So to me, that means I'm successful. Um, That's all I ever wanted in this life. But moving on and moving back to Spotify Wrapped. So... Nothing gives me more joy and excitement than seeing my Spotify rap for the year. So I open it up and, you know, it starts off really rocky. Like, it's a really rocky situation. The first thing I see is my movie soundtrack starts with the opening credits theme, which is Beatbox 2 by Spottom Gotham featuring Pooh Shiesty. And I want to tell you guys how I found out about this song. So there was this thing called, I think it was the... It was called the June Bug Challenge. And I was on Amber's Closet's Instagram. And she was doing the June Bug Challenge with her friends. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so interesting to watch. Like, what are they doing? But the beat of this song is also really good. So I start listening to the song and I become like obsessed with this song. It's, well, I do like rap and trap music. I do work out to it. I do walk to it a lot, but I never sit down and like listen to it when I'm just you know, doing work or like chilling. Like it's not chill music. It's like exercise music, right? So I get really into this song. Moving on. My final battle song was Every Chance I Get by DJ Khaled, Little Baby and Little Dirk. I want you guys to know that I love that song. Okay. Um, Heart and Soul love that song. I listen to it quite often and I understand why it would be my battle song. It is quite a battle song. My big game song was Woman by Doja Cat. And I don't really understand why it was there. Like, I just found out about Woman because I was watching an Instagram story and I heard someone use it on their Instagram story. So I said, you know what? Cool. So then instead I listened to 28,000 minutes of music. I thought that was embarrassing. It's more than 78% of all other Canadians. Apparently people have listened to more music. It's not embarrassing at all. Moving on. But what floored me, distraughted me, Turn my face red was that my top song of the year that I listened to 98 times was Beatbox 2 by Spottom Gotham and Pooh Shiesty. Guys, 
if anyone had told me this was my top song, I would not have believed them. I would have actually not believed them. What would I think my top song would be? Like now that I actually think about it, like that all the top five songs, none of them seem to make sense to me. I'll go through them, but like none of them really made sense to me. But then I realized I was like, wait, every time I work out, I play this song like every time. Every time I walk my dog, I play beatbox too. So it would just stand to reason that over the year, I would have played it as many times as I have, and it would be my top song. But does it make it less embarrassing? Also, guys, just put hashtag Junebug Challenge on Instagram. You're bound to find something with the song playing in the background. If you're really into rap and trap, the beat's really fantastic. And um, it's just a great song for your workout playlist if you're into that. So then my top five songs of the year were, as I said, number one, Beatbox 2. Number two was My Type by Sweetie. That shocked me. I thought it would be Tiptoes. I feel like I listened to Tiptoes by Sweetie more than I listened to my type. I really thought I did listen to Tiptoes more. So the fact that it was actually my type was really shocking to me, gonna be completely honest. Also, what I'm gonna do for you Spotify listeners, side note, I'm actually gonna put my top five songs at the end of this episode. So if you listen on Apple Podcasts or anywhere else, you won't be able to hear the five songs. But if you listen on Spotify and you go to the end, you'll hear like all five songs. They'll just play. Cool feature for Spotify. Woo. Anyway, number three, more than my hometown, Morgan Whalen. I actually thought it would be, I think it's called, it was 865. I thought it would be 865 by Morgan Whalen because I feel like I listen to that more often than more than my hometown. But Morgan Whalen being on here makes complete sense. Like that makes absolute sense. Astronaut in the Ocean by Mask Wolf also makes perfect sense for being number four. And for number five, Body by Meg Thee Stallion also makes sense. It's just my first two where I was like, did I really listen to these two songs as much as Spotify says I did? Guys, I want to say something. Now I feel like I need to curate my playlist for next year. And now I feel like I need to work on making a specific kind of flow to my playlist for next year or should I just listen to whatever the vibes give to me and like hope that something sticks like what like I don't know what I think anyways so then my top podcast was chatty broads with Becca and Jess fun fact guys my own podcast pessimism at its finest wasn't even in my top five podcasts because after I edit this shit I don't listen to my podcast again. I'm going to be really fucking honest with you. Like, I listen to it mostly on Google Podcasts. I listen to it for, like, to see if it sounds good in the first two to five minutes. And I just don't listen to it again. Because by the time it gets to you guys, I've probably heard the thing seven times. And I, I know what's going on in the episode. Plus, I recorded the episode. So, you know, I have I have to say I have interviews I've done that I'll go back and listen to. Like, I'll listen to the whole thing. It's very rare I'll go back and listen to a solo episode. So that's why it was not my top five Spotify. I just tend to use Google Podcasts as my main podcast host. And um, I, I just don't listen to my pod- my own podcast that much. But shout out to my friend Antonio, who was a guest in season one. He had me on his top five podcasts of the year on Spotify. So shout out to Antonio. Love you long time. 
Okay. My top artist was Ariana Grande. I listened to her for 383 minutes. And my top song by her is God is a Woman. I'm going to be really, I'm going to be upfront. Um, I listen, the thing with Ariana is this. I listen to a lot of Ariana, but not a lot of one song by Ariana. Like I listen to probably 10 to 20 Ariana songs in a year. Like, like it's like a good mixture. You know what I mean? It's not like the same one on repeat. It's like just Ariana on like a repeat situation. God is a woman is actually shocking to me because I feel like I listen to break up with your girlfriend because I'm bored more often. But if this is what Spotify says I do, this is what Spotify says I do. My top five artists for Ariana Grande. Drake was number two. I need to dispute Drake because I looked at my top compiled playlist for the year. Like you can compile like your whole, they like sorry, Spotify will compile like your whole playlist for the year. And I looked at the playlist and I was like, wait, I only listened to two Drake songs. Like just like Drake was the main artist for the whole year, according to that playlist. And I listened to Way Too Sexy and I listened to Wants and Needs. Every other Drake song I listened to was Drake being a feature. And so I said to myself, if in a list of like 30 to 50 songs, I only have two Drake songs. How is he my number two artist for the year? And then I kind of wanted to know what the stats were for me listening to Drake. So what I'm going to do this year, I'm actually going to turn off Drake and make him don't play just so I can see if he'll be on the playlist next year because he's featured on so much stuff. Um, but I just don't sit down and listen to Drake, really. It's like a more like a song here or there that I enjoy. So I'm kind of shocked that he's number two, but he's been number two for the last three years. So um, I just want to know why he's there. Like out of curiosity, I'm just very curious. I don't get it. Number three is Jesse James Decker. Again, Jesse James Decker is the same as Ariana Grande. I love to hate Jesse James Decker, but I also love to love Jesse James Decker. So go to Reddit, JJD and family, read all the tea. She's a country singer married to an NFL football player named Eric Decker. Um, interesting situation. Lots of YouTube videos she's done. I like her music because I think I liked the couple and I started listening when they had their show Eric and Jesse Game On and I just kept on listening. It's not that she's a good singer because she's not really a good singer, I have to be honest, but like her songs are easy and repetitive and she has this song with Randy Hauser called Almost Over You that I fuck heavy with and I listen to it all the time. But when she has a good song, she has a good song. But not all her songs are good. But I will listen to a wide range of her songs, not one specific song. And that's why I believe she's on my list. So that's she's number three. Number four makes total sense, Future. I'm obsessed with Future. I'm going to be Future's ninth baby mama. I want everyone to know. And I was actually at work, funny Future story. And my coworker, the intern, the intern was like, he would say a name of a Future song and I could list like, one or two lyrics from every future song he listed and I'm like I know his entire discography guys like no one is fucking with me in future like I am his biggest fan I want everyone to know that and number five is the Migos and that would make total sense because I also love the Migos so on this list I understand one three four five I just don't understand Drake's placement I don't okay 
And apparently my top genre is dance pop, which kind of shocks me. Anyways, that is the end of my Spotify wrapped 2021 recap. A little bit shocking, a little bit not shocking. I'm going to post a story when this episode comes out where I post my entire playlist for the year so you can see all the weird and fun stuff I've been listening to. Also, I love seeing everybody else's Spotify raps. So send me your playlist. DM me at, at pessimism at its finest on Instagram. Send me the links. I want to know. I'm so hyped. Okay. Moving on to the next topic, we need to talk about Bachelor Nation. And a lot has happened in Bachelor Nation this November. This November, we're in December. Last November, last November, last month. Oh my God, I can't talk, guys. So basically, November was Bachelor Nation's month of messy. Get what I did there? And three major, maybe four major things happened. First thing that happened was all the drama with Katie, Blake, and John. Let's talk about that. So basically, Katie and Blake make an announcement that they've broken up their engagement. Seems civil, a good worked on media campaign to kind of say we're done this relationship, right? All of a sudden, Katie decides to do the 12 Days of Messy, which is after Taylor Swift's new album, Thingamajigger. I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. I really don't listen to Taylor Swift a lot. I'm not a huge Swifty and not a huge Taylor Swift fan. Like, I like her enough, but I'm not a fan fan. You know what I mean? So didn't really get into Katie's 12 Days of Messy. But on the 12th day, she announces that John's her new boyfriend. And what was interesting is that she and John live in the same city and they've been friends on Instagram for all these months. So people are really questioning if there's an overlap between Katie's relationship with Blake and then Katie's relationship with John and if some cheating occurred. And it became a whole thing in Bachelor Nation. Katie lost all these followers. The tea is hot. And all I want to say is Team Greg. Because Greg read Katie for filth during the season. And Katie tried to bring Greg Grippo down. But Grippo's girls, like me, stayed strong. I want to say that. Also, Blake's interview on the podcast with Mike Johnson and Brian Abasolo, I think, is talking it out. Go look it up. was amazing. It was so mature. Explained the side of his situation so well. Um, I loved it. I was completely obsessed. And I think you guys should go listen to it if you want more deets on Blake's, you know, opinion, Blake's side of the whole Katie-John Katie, situation. Um, yeah. Blake unfollowed Katie on Instagram. I want you all to know that, which he should have done because what she did was snaky and sneaky. But I also want us to refer to the fact that Katie did nothing different from what Ari did with Lauren. And we gave Ari so much heat for it. But it's just the way she went about it was super messy and I, w- I wasn't down for it. Let's move on to Tasha and Zach's breakup. Oh my God, the breakup of Bachelor Nation royalty. How could we not discuss this? I, I saw this coming. A lot of people didn't see this coming. And a lot of people loved them together, loved the proposal, thought this relationship was going to be forever and ever more. And I was like, guys, can you not see? Can we really not see that this is just not it? Is it just me? The proposal was beautiful. 
And I think that there was a huge infatuation in the moment. But I think when you take the love out of the context of being in Bachelor Nation or on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I think it looks completely different. And in my honest opinion, I just didn't see it between Kate, not Kate. In my honest opinion, I just didn't see it between Zach and Tasha from day one. They just seemed too different. They lived on two different sides of the country. One person lived in LA, one person lived in New York. It just didn't make sense to me. This is the same issue I have with Serena and Joe, grocery store Joe. Joe lives in America. Christina lives in Canada. Is Christina going to move to the US? Because Joe has mentioned how important it is for him to stay in the States. What's going to happen there? Right? Those are my conflicts. I think when you have regional relationships or regional issues in relationships, I think it can make it a lot more challenging. And if you don't think about how you're going to bridge those gaps, I don't think they can work. So that's just my opinion. Now, what's coming out is that apparently Zach was very controlling and jealous of Tasha's success that she had found after The Bachelorette. But I want everyone to note, while I can believe what the media is saying about Zach to be true, all of Tasha's exes have said that she's difficult. So I think if you have somebody who's feeling insecure because you're never there, um, and they have controlling tendencies or more dominant tendencies in a relationship, and you're with a person who in their own right is thriving and more dominant in their own situation, you're going to have the problems that we see today. And I think the media is trying to twist it to make Zach look bad because Zach is the less popular one of the two. But I just feel like from day one, they were so incompatible. You know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel it. Like, I, I like them individually. I didn't like them together. That's my whole thing. I think Zach is more low-key. Tasha is more, like, high-key. I think they just wanted different things at this stage in their life. And now is just not the time for it. And I'm, I'm glad that, you know, if they're over, they're over. Notable mention. Notable mention. As of December 4th, when I'm recording this, Tasha was spotted wearing her engagement ring again. So... Either it's an old video that went up that she recorded or they somehow reconciled. I don't know. We'll see what the tea is, but that is that. And I want to talk about Hannah Brown and Pilot Pete's revelations. Now, after the Pilot Pete season, I'm going to be completely honest. I stopped watching halfway through Pilot Pete season because it was just a whole mess. But... Um, I don't really know besides like Hannah Ann, Maddie Pruitt. I don't really know like what way they connected. I don't even know who you picked. But apparently Hannah Brown and Pilot Pete hooked up either while the season, while the season was airing, I think. Something along the lines. And that's causing a stir in Bachelor Nation because there would have been some overlap, I think, with Hannah Ann. I'm like not too sure. All I'm going to say is this Pilot Pete mess just keeps on giving. That Pilot Pete season has to be the messiest season of Bachelor Nation history, and it just keeps on giving. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And I, I, I don't know if I have any more tea, I'll give it. And the last thing I want to talk about Bachelor Nation-wise, I'm going to do a whole episode on Colton's um, Netflix series. I want you guys to know that. I don't know when it's going to come. I don't have a lot of time for TV but I want to do a whole episode dedicated to Colton's Netflix series. 
So I'm not going to talk about that right now. Just touch base with me. It's going to be a bonus episode. Um, but what I want to talk about is Clayton. Clayton's giving me Colton vibes. So first of all, Clayton's 28, gorgeous, blue, blonde hair, blue eyed, six foot five. Okay, anyways, that's Colton, right? So that's not Colton. Okay, so that's Clayton, right? Clayton. And he's a former football player. And they obviously picked him because after the mess of Matt James' season where he was the first Black Bachelor, they needed to take things back home. We've had two Black Bachelorettes. We've had Katie and White Bachelorette. And um, I think we needed to just bring things back to the base with, you know, Clayton. Bring things back to where Bachelor Nation started on finding white men wives. Anyways, no, I'm not being like hater or anything. That's just the basis of how Bachelor Nation started. It was finding a established white male, a wife, out of 30 options. And that's what we're going to bring it back to. I'm going to be honest with you. I, you know, I was really in and out of Michelle's season. It's a really boring season, guys. I'm not going to recap it. I can't even watch it. And guys, I know she picks Nate. So I just want you guys to know that. The spoilers already came out before the season started. Didn't need to watch anything else. But what I want to say is that I found him really boring for the parts I did see. And I'm going to watch this entire season. I'm probably going to recap it on here. But I'm going to recap it. I'm going to watch it because I don't expect much. And because I don't expect much, when it exceeds my expectations, even by decimal one, one percent, I'm going to like it. I know myself. So I'm excited to see it. But I'm also going in with the expectation that's going to be lackluster. But let's talk about his poster. It's like something about the underdog and he's with all these dogs. I know what they were trying to do. Because he's so basic and people love dogs, they're like, let's just throw a lot of dogs in there and it's going to be cute. But the whole underdog comment didn't really resonate because he technically isn't an underdog. Societally, he's the preferred male like mystique, right? And I think that the choice of words for the bulletin was just kind of incorrect. And it wasn't good Bachelor Nation marketing, especially for the fact that they're really going to critique him after the Matt James season we had, after the Pilot Pete season we had. It's just been mess after mess. So I, I'm, I'm hoping this season's giving. I'm hoping that this season gives us something that, you know, is just like, we, we're going to hold on to it's going to be great but I'm not expecting much that's my honest conclusion and that's that I need to inject something here not about Bachelor Nation and I want to say it before I continue Adele's album 30 I love Adele more than anybody else like I'm a huge Adele stan no one can tell me 30 is her best album where did you listen to it and feel that 30 was her best album? I think lyrically, it's one of her best albums. I would say lyrically, it surpasses 25. Lyrically. But in terms of catchiness and listenability and memorability, you cannot tell me it surpasses 19, 21, and 25 by any way in any capacity and I need you to debate me on it because the last two songs of the album I think is to be loved and I can't remember the other one see I can't remember the other one they're good but 
as a whole, I understand she was trying to experiment with different sounds, but my whole belief system is if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think what Adele did is she took something that wasn't broken, she tried to fix it, and it didn't work. And I think we gave her such like gas, we put her on a pedestal because she is Adele and we love her voice. But no one can tell me that album is five out of five. That album is no more than three out of five to me. And I think that, you know, if you feel it's five out of five, I I, I maybe, but I'm not, I'm not catching the vibe you're catching. And that is the problem that I have personally. But yeah, let me know what you think. If you like 30, I personally did not enjoy it. I've listened to it twice. Um, a guy I work with was like, it's a really good album. It's probably her best. So I went and listened to it a second time, start to finish. And I was like, no, this is not her best album at all. And I've listened to all other three from start to finish. And maybe it's just my ears. Like, it's not her best. It can't be her best album. I don't understand how it could be. It's just, it's to me, to me, it's just really not good. Her voice is impeccable. The lyrics are impeccable. I like to read it. But I don't want to listen to it because the background instrumental to me is just not good. I think Adele is somebody who needs like a more jazzy like piano situation. And I didn't like the synthesizer thing going on. I didn't I didn't like the, the new system, the new setup. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's my advice. And I think Adele fixed something that wasn't broke. And that's the major problem with 30. And that's where I'm going to conclude on my commentary. Let's end the episode with... Insecure HBO season six re. Let's end the episode with Insecure HBO episode six season five recap. Guys, this season just isn't given. We're at season. We're at episode six. We have four more episodes in the season. Like tonight, Sunday night, when this comes out, we're gonna have episode seven. And I don't know where they're going to end the show at. Like I don't see a clear path to the end. I'm very confused. And I'm kind of disappointed. I feel like the show could have ended at season four and I would have been satiated. Like I didn't need this season. To, to be honest, it feels like a bunch of storylines just thrown together that make no sense. Mind you, next episode, we're going to get like the all girls trip, which I hope will kind of bring clarity towards the ending of the series and the direction of the end. But as if right now, I'm not really getting or seeing where the end of Insecure is going to go, which kind of like confuses me and floors me. That's my that's my high level assessment. This episode's running longer than I ever thought it would, guys. So sorry. So let me do this in two and a half minutes. Let's be a rock star. Ready, guys? Okay. So basically this week we start... And we see Issa calling Lawrence and Condola in the hospital and going like, wait. She, then they talk for a little bit. Condola's like, do you want to hold the baby? Issa's like, yes, she'll the baby. And then she tosses the baby like that. Throw the baby out. Throw the whole baby out meme. Isn't that meme? And then she basically gets gang gang. Somebody basically said, I don't know if you guys heard, but Tristan Thompson got his personal trainer pregnant. So this is going to be his third baby mama. So someone's like, oh, that's what Chloe's going to do to the third baby. And I'm like, no, don't be mean like that to Chloe. Don't do my Coco that way. But so funny. So basically, 
one of the short of it. That happens. It's a dream sequence. Then he, she finds out Lawrence has moved back to LA and we kind of see the foundation for Issa really reminiscing over the relationship. And we see how her relationship with Nathan is not really going well. Let's just zoom to Nathan in the barber shop. He takes a barber's client, a barber who really has some issues with him. They get in an argument. The barber basically says, why don't you shut up your bipolar ass? Something like that. And Nathan kind of gets depressed, makes plans to move out of the city. Issa feels that she the relationship's not going the way she wants because while she was writing him earlier in the episode, she wanted him to say that he loved her. He didn't really say it back because he feels that she's all over the place and we see the communication in this relationship's lacking and I don't think that they're going to end up together. Also, guys, I want to say something. That sex scene between Nathan and Issa was so dry. When like, when Lawrence and Issa would have sex, I'd be like, yes! yes but when like nathan and Issa were having sex i'm like mm, that just seemed like it needs some lube that's how i felt okay so moving on we have molly molly's at a conference molly's doing well she keeps checking her phone and check on her mom they go to the bar molly gets drunk she embarrasses herself sees a watch in her bed asks who it is it belongs to torian dorian whatever his name is who works at her firm she and dorian kind of have a moment they talk about their families she gives them a hug i feel like they're setting the foundation for dorian and molly to kind of end up together at the end of the series i was hoping for an asian bay return don't think it's gonna happen but that was my hope guys overall the episode three out of five really not a good episode there's not a lot to say about this series. I feel like I'm just recapping it now because I'm watching it and I made this commitment to the podcast, but I don't even want to finish. What I think I might do, I think I'm going to watch episodes 7, 8, and 9, recap it, and then recap 10. I think that's what I'm going to do for you guys. I don't think I'm going to recap them every week because they're just like not interesting to me. And I hate that we've gotten to this point, but I'm just not feeling the vibe of Insecure anymore. It used to be such a good show. But it's over in four episodes. So like, well, seven, eight, nine, yeah, four episodes. Let's not even talk about it. Last night I'm going to end on, I'm going to be doing interviews with some amazing guests starting in two weeks. So when we come back in the new year, you're going to hear a lot more interviews. I'm going to come out with an episode that's about Colton's Netflix series. You're going to get the Emily in Paris episode, which is my entire recap. You're going to get the holiday episode that I promise. And you're going to get a special interview that I actually did back in May that I really want to release for you guys um, on, I think it's going to be Boxing Day it comes out. Yeah, I think it's Boxing Day you're going to get it. But I'm so excited for these episodes to come out. So we have a bit more content coming out. Then we're obviously going to take a holiday break. We're going to be back in January after that. I'll let you know when we'll be back in January. Um, and yeah, we're heading to the end of season three. This is wild. Three seasons, guys. Hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, follow us on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please follow us on Apple Podcasts. Give us five. Give us. Give me. Give me five star ratings. And I will be here next week. I think we have special we have specific content next week. So we'll be back next week. Have a good week, guys. Bye.